Across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk Radio, live from Westminster. I think there's a clear warning there. Get up to the minute news flashes, instant reaction and expert analysis from some of the biggest names in Westminster. What's next? Order! Talk Radio, live from Westminster. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. We are live once more on College Green outside the Houses of Parliament on what is the biggest day yet for our political system and its survival. By the close of play today, we will either be heading for a general election or we will be heading out of the European Union without a deal on October the 31st. That's the basic choice on offer today, thanks to the machinations of the people who work directly behind me in that great big palace of Westminster, uh, or the House of Conmen, as I call it. I've been away for a while, as you know. In the meantime, the world appears to have gone completely completely stark staring bonkers mad. We've got the likes of Hugh Grant and Stephen Fry appointing themselves as our political consciences. We've had Gary Lineker, host of Match of the Day, mouthing off about the Prime Minister's lies and scores of totally irresponsible MPs comparing this Tory government to the Reichstag of 1930s Germany. The Remainers have totally lost the plot. They've lost all sense of perspective and all sense of dignity. They've taken to the streets, led by the likes of Owen Jones and Paul Mason, complaining of fascist behaviour police states and suspensions of democracy. If it wasn't so tragic, it would be laughable. We're not laughing this morning, ladies and gentlemen, because today is the day we work out where it all goes. But there's still a very long way to go. Will Boris Johnson's gamble pay off? Will he be forced to hold an election? Will we ever leave the European Union? This morning I'm joined by a host of guests, experts, pundits and MPs, but you are the people I want to hear from the most, and you know the number. 0344 499 1000. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, live from College Green, in the heart of democracy, right here in Westminster on Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk Radio, live from Westminster. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. I have been on holiday. Things have gone a bit wrong since I've been away, I have to say, because uh, people are accusing each other of being Hitlerian. Uh, people are saying that uh, we have a fascist state currently ongoing in the United Kingdom. Uh, this morning, in fact, uh, Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, will be meeting around about now, actually, uh, some of the rebel MPs, supposedly, who are going to vote uh, against him tonight while thinking about it. Uh, I'm with Justin Greening now, MP for Putney, uh, who's already uh, more or less said that she's not going to vote uh, with the government tonight. And, in fact, not only that is not going to stand as a Tory at the next election either. Justine, a very good morning to you. Morning. Welcome uh, to Talk Radio's tent. Um, this is rather a drastic decision you've made, isn't it? Well, it's not one I've taken overnight. Um, I think the reality is, frankly, whoever the MP for Putney is, they will be voting to represent what is a very Remain constituency. It's a quite a high Remain constituency. It is. It? it was well over 70% of the last election, and I think that will be reflected in how any MP votes. My issue with all of how the government have pursued this is it's my job to be Putney's voice in Parliament. That is fundamentally the role of an MP, represent your community. Yes. That's what I'm doing. And I think, therefore, it is deeply misguided for any party to suggest that an MP should lose the whip purely because they're getting on with doing their job. But what about the people who didn't vote to remain in the European Union, of which there are a sizable number in your constituencies mm-hmm. as others? Absolutely. There are many MPs who, for example, represent leave constituencies and say, well, actually, we have to represent everyone in the constituency. So my position in my moral judgment is to remain, even though my constituency voted to leave. So I'm representing the people who wanted to remain. So, you know, you can have it any number of ways. Yeah. And, and actually, I've always been very, very conscious of that. And that's why over a year ago now, I reached what was a difficult conclusion, but I think the right one, which was if Parliament was gridlocked, 
Which it is. Which it has been. You know, I predicted this in July last year. It's absolutely been proven right. I think you've got to go back to people because I recognise the fact that I don't see why, for example, someone should be disenfranchised in a particular constituency that's been constructed to elect an MP just because they happen to be not in the majority view or or indeed perhaps if their MP just takes a different personal view on Brexit to the one they've got. And it seemed to me that on something this important that we'd got stuck on, if you like, in our democracy over the road in Parliament, actually, it wasn't just probably the only way you were going to unblock it. It was, it was the only right way that we could make sure that everybody in my constituency actually got a say because I would get letters flooding in from people um, and yeah, maybe overwhelmingly they were worried about Brexit, worried about no deal. But there were, you're right, there are also other people with a very different view and mm. it's impossible for any well, MP to represent well, yeah, all of that well, exactly. with one vote. But it's also impossible for any government to represent all of that. I mean, there are people disenfranchised every time there's an election. You know, every time George Osborne passed another tax on small business, I hated him. You know, every time that, you know, Tony Blair decided to invade another country, a lot of people didn't like it. You know, the point is that, you know, in the political system called democracy, not everybody gets their own way all the time and sometimes you have to suck it up. And that's what, unfortunately, has led us to this place because not enough people have been willing to accept the loss because there's nothing to suggest that if there was another referendum, you'd have any other outcome. Well, I think it still doesn't get us over the reality that Parliament's not been able to take a decision on Brexit about what path to progress for three years. And I recognise the fact that that is in largely, largely down to the fact that it's Brexiteers who weren't happy with Theresa May's deal and I completely understood why. Leavers in my own patch were absolutely livid when that deal was announced. It was, was a announced. terrible deal. And I have to say, Remainers in my patch didn't like it either. That was the problem. It was the I mean, worst she of was all worlds. Man- she managed to be quite unique in that, didn't she? She managed to produce a deal that actually no one liked. It united the country yeah, in people's time. opposition Yes, exactly. You know. But more importantly I think for it was you, less popular than the poll tax. Yes. It was actually quite some achievement. I know. And, but what you, I mean, you said in, in your uh, uh, earlier interviews that you've decided to go out of politics and, and, and work on the social kind of mobility in the country. Um, the problem we're going to have in this country, no matter what happens and whenever this is sorted out, which is hopefully sooner rather than later, there's an awful lot of ill feeling. There's an awful lot of nastiness and bitterness and bigotry, quite frankly, from one side against another mm. on both sides. And it's really awful to see. It's horrible to watch. You know, I was away, um, you know, from this country, watching it from afar, seeing the demos going on, seeing the way people were shouting at each other, chasing each other down the street. It's frankly quite embarrassing what has been created. And I'm going to tell you this for the first time, that I think it's been created by you lot over there. Well, I do think that there's no doubt that Brexit is very divisive. That's just a simple fact. And one of my concerns has been the fact that the longer we've been unable to take a decision on it in Parliament, and it was clear to me that Theresa May's deal was never getting through. We wasted a year finding that out. But it was also clear to me that the longer we left this unresolved, the deeper that division would become. And that's exactly what we've seen. And I think we just need to find a route through as fast as we can. I think there's only one way to do that without, dare I say, my personal view, risking a disaster Jeremy Corbyn government. I don't think a general election is the way to fix this and and that's what I've been campaigning for. But in terms of what I do next, you know, I'll stay involved in politics. What I'm saying is the thing that has always driven me in politics has not particularly been having a role or being a cabinet minister. It's been about what I can achieve on the ground. And what I care about as someone who grew up in Rotherham, 
uh, probably didn't have the opportunities I wanted as a, as a young person. I want to fix that for the next generation and I just feel that I can do that more effectively outside Parliament because as we've seen, Parliament's totally gridlocked on Brexit and I think, unfortunately, that's probably going to continue and I'm, I want to put my time into things that I know will make a positive difference on the ground. A year ago, I set up an initiative called the Social Mobility Pledge, getting companies to really look at who they're recruiting and get different young people who might not get those opportunities. We've got hundreds of companies signed up. They employ three million people nearly. And I just really want to get motoring on that because I think whatever happens on Brexit, this, is, this issue of Britain being a country where people just have different kinds of opportunities depending on where they start, we have to get that fixed. And so I'm going to put my time in fixing that because okay. I think that's the real problem. Justin, thank you very much indeed. Good luck with it. It uh, looks like you'll be starting sooner than you think because there might well be a general election coming up uh, by October the 14th. We shall see. Justin Greeny, uh, Tory MP for Putney there. Uh, joined now by Drew Hendry, SNP's business spokesman. A member for, something's obviously gone wrong on this show, by the way. I'm sorry <laughs> about this because uh, you're the second remainder in a row now that I've got uh, <laughs> talking to you. So anyway, welcome to the, the tent at uh, Talk Radio. Uh, fascinating day once again. Uh, here we keep calling it the most important day in British politics since the last most important day in British politics. But this time, it really does mean something. Tell us uh, what's going to happen later on. Um, lots of people so far that I'm speaking to say that they don't think that Boris's gamble is going to pay off. They don't think he's got enough numbers uh, to manage to persuade everyone uh, to, to not vote with the Hillary Benn um, scenario. So, so what's your view? Oh, I believe there's a majority in Parliament to put through legislation to block a no-deal, cat catastrophic no-deal uh, exit from the Well, you can call it a no-deal. You can't call it catastrophic because we well, don't know that. Well, Yellowhammer report was produced by the UK government and that showed some pretty yeah. horrific outcomes Well, for, it was a worst-case scenario report, which you'd expect the government to do. But let's not get hung up on that. Okay. Let's talk about what's happening today. Okay, well, today we'll be in Parliament. We'll, uh, we'll have that, uh, that debate. Uh, we'll have a vote, I hope, probably around about, uh, sometime around about 10, maybe later. Mm. It's uh, going to be a tonight. long one for you guys. It, well, you know, that's the way it should. I was one of those MPs who signed a letter looking for a recall of Parliament. I think Parliament should be sitting while we're in this crisis. And uh, so, therefore, I don't care if it goes on till the small hours of the morning. I think we just have to uh, get this done. Um, so there'll be a vote on that. I believe that the... Uh, uh, there's enough uh, of the opposition MPs and the, uh, some of the uh, people in the Tory benches who've uh, seen that this is a problem to vote that through. And what about the kind of Remain Alliance, as it's being called? Because there's some strange bedfellows in there, aren't there? There's the SNP, there's the Labour Party, or m most of the Labour Party, I suppose you would say. Uh, there's Plaid Cymru, there's the Greens. You know, it's a kind of interesting um, mix of people, because if Boris Johnson then does do what he says he's going to do, which is call an election... Um, you know, then we're into a completely different area, aren't we? And we're going to have to start talking about things other than Brexit um, and things which other people in the country care about. Well, I know you disagree, but stopping a no-deal Brexit at the moment is our absolute priority, and we'll work across... I know, I agree that we'll, it's your priority. Yeah, but we'll, we'll work across all <laughs> political boundaries to ensure that that's avoided. Um, so that's the absolute priority. When it comes to a general election, if there's one called and... Uh, that should be done. There should be no mucking about with the dates. That should be done if it's going to happen uh, before the uh, the uh, the Brexit date, of 31st of uh, October, um, so that we can have a, a, a proper dialogue about what happens next. But uh, it, it, the, the, this is a situation, a time when sensible heads have to come together to make sure that there's something done to avoid the... Uh, the and again, I know you disagree, but to, to <laughs> avoid the, the, the extreme difficulties to our economy, there is no single 
report that says this is going to be a good journey. All of the UK government's own analysis well, actually, shows a report any from sort the, of... No, there's a report from the, uh, the Deutsche Bank, is there not, from their chief economist who's come out and said, actually, a no deal is a far better organised situation for Britain than a bad deal. He's uh, actually well, said that. Well, he might be saying that in terms of the, uh, you know, the mechanism, but in terms of the economic impact uh, on the people across the nations of the UK, disproportionately in Scotland, there is no good Brexit. And all of the UK government's own reports, right up to uh, the one you want to dismiss, but it was out there and it was the UK government. Uh, I'm not dismissing it, I'm just saying you shouldn't put too much stall on it because, I mean, let's well, face it, the SNP doesn't well, put stall well, on much, most well, of the government comes out. Yeah, but it. it's, not often, you're you know? opposi- it's not, o- not often you're an opposition MP where the, uh, the, the government you're against is actually reporting, uh, the backing up uh, your That's argument with the reports that come out. But here's the other thing, right? Tony Blair and others are saying you're in danger of falling into a sort of elephant trap here because basically Boris Johnson wants to have an election. He wants to push out uh, those people who are uh, not with him in his own party. He wants to deselect certain MPs. He wants to try and change the, uh, the arithmetic, if you like, inside the House of Commons. It's another gamble, uh, but he's clearly willing to make that gamble. Um, are you not concerned that you are falling into a trap? Oh, we're not falling into a trap. You're talking about Labour. Quite rightly, they've got to sort themselves out. They've got to get into a position where they're putting forward a cohesive view and actually be a you know, proper opposition in, a, in an election if that comes forward. As far as the SNP is concerned, we know very clearly what we want to say and the, the Scottish public have been reacting with that. You've seen the Ashcroft poll. You'll have seen the big uh, poll yesterday, 10,000 people showing that the SNP is gaining support. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk Radio, live from Westminster. Now, there's already lots of people arguing about whether we should be leaving the European Union. I've got amazing numbers of tweets coming in, some of which I'll be able to get to and read out very shortly. But first of all, I'm delighted to say I'm joined right here in the tent by Alexandra Phillips, uh, Brexit Party MEP. Alexandra, very good morning to you. Good morning. I now, love being in the tent of common sense. Isn't it great? Because Brilliant. there's so little common sense around at the moment. Actually, what you have to do is look and search quite hard for it. There's a lot of people dressed as if they're at some kind of fancy dress event over here. I know, it's there's like a university from, so, Yeah, I mean, it really is. It's like rag week the House of Commons. It really is quite remarkable. And we were talking just before about how people view the European Union and how, you know, where have all these people come from uh, that think they want to tell us the European Union is this incredible thing that we must never leave that has made us into what we are and that has kind of forged Britain into the place that it is. Well, if that's the case, they forged us into a a sort of house of madness, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, it's it's actually sort of selective recollection of history, isn't it? I mean, have everyone forgotten about the fact that you've got the, the pigs nations, Portugal, Ireland, Greece, Spain? Yeah. Italy, all were decimated. Their economies totally ruined yeah. by the anti-democratic EU. There were massive protests mm. on streets. There were people hurling like firebombs, yeah. and you know. And at the same point, they gave the, the EU the Nobel Peace Prize. You couldn't make it up, yeah. could you? And of course, now they're all saying that the reason that Greece's economy was in such a bad way was nothing to do with the European Union at all. Nothing to do with Goldman Sachs. Nothing to do with the fact that they actually falsified a report which said that they met the economic criteria for joining the euro. And then they started selling them olive oil. I mean, you know, you could not make that up. They now import more olive oil from Germany and Greece than they actually export to Germany. Uh, and, and that's how you ruin somebody's economy. Well, exactly. And of course, now you've got Jeremy Corbyn, who's invented his new little quip, which is a banker's Brexit. Oh, yes. I'm pretty sure it's big banks and big business who are trying to keep us in that awful anti-democratic block. Yes. And Jeremy Corbyn, who, of course, has been anti the European Union for most of his career until he sort of by chance became leader of the Labour Party and now apparently seems to be pro the European <laughs> Union. And I was saying to you earlier, it's a bit like, you know, buying a pet from the pet shop. And when you got it home, it was like a terrapin. Now it's sort of, you know, taking over the house and it's got a massive, you know, 34 foot long alligator. And you don't 
don't know what to do with it because the European Union is not what it once was. Yeah, and you know what? When you hear all these people say, oh, we don't know what Brexit's going to deliver, what are these consequences going to be? I think staying in, mm. what are the consequences of that going to be? We know that Germany's manufacturing sector is in recession. Yeah. Italy's banks are really on thin ice. The EU are just federalist, federalist, federalist. Now yeah. we've got von der Leyen and her um, EU army plans yeah. and defence cooperation. And I think if we stay in, we'll have zero voice because they're getting rid of um, qualified majority voting. It's yeah. actually going to have to... Oh, no, they're bringing it in, sorry. Yeah. Getting rid of the, the need to have un- unanimity. Mm. So, you know, if Britain turns around and says, we don't want something when we're in the EU, the likelihood is we're going to be shouted right. down. We've always been the pragmatists in the room. A lot of other pragmatic countries with smaller economies, the Eastern Europeans have often stood behind us and felt quite protected by yeah. the, the UK being in the EU and being a voice of reason. But that's all going to go. In this next chapter of the EU, they, they're really going for full-on, full-throttle yeah. federalism. And you're there now as an MEP for the first time, the biggest party uh, elected from this country uh, back in, what was it, May? It seems so long I ago. I know, it feels I like mean, ages you know, it feels ago. Like a lifetime ago. And so you're seeing it from the inside. And I think yeah. one of the problems that we have in this country is that very few people actually understand the way the European Union works and the way um, that the Parliament works and, mm. and how legislation is made and how much of it goes on without us really knowing what, what any of it is. Yeah, and actually, you know, even on the inside... It's it's like a it's labyrinthine, the way it all mm. works, the way it all pieces together. And you've got all these little terms and little sort of in concepts that, that, that people in the parliament get and the rest of the world just wouldn't. Things mm. like the cordon sanitaire. This is when the European Union, essentially, if anyone's got a Eurosceptic voice, they are blocked by all the other big voting groups from having any position of influence. Right. Normally, because basically all the political parties around the EU come together and forge groups in parliament. We're not in one because we're the rebels, obviously. Yeah. And hopefully we're on our way out. But, but the I've other seen some of you guys tweeting that, that you know they're all being very nice to you uh, they're lavishing sort of gifts on you giving you cocktail reception oh, invites hell, and the, all of the that perks. Lots perks of, are nice lots yeah of, you know, I mean, lots perks. Of five star food and all that yeah the, the perks are pretty good i mm. mean you can see why people go to the the eu and suddenly become like europhile yeah. and say oh, i don't want to leave because right. you know it's probably one of the best jobs you can get right. um especially for the unelected commissioners mm. i mean the, the amounts that they're on around 20 grand a month some of them it's insane mm. and there's thousands of them yeah but yeah you're right you're absolutely right the, the, the european parliament is just it's a nonsense it's a talking shop it doesn't have any real legislative power it's a joke it's smoke and mirrors and basically when you walk around the parliament i just think you see a load of busy idiots and there's an awful lot of money swilling around in there a as lot well. of money and a lot of the, the arguments that people make of course in this country about money that comes from the eu can be countermanded by us saying well if we didn't give them that money in the first place they wouldn't be giving it back to us right well that's the other thing i mean look and also when they give you money back it's not like oh here you go you pay this much net and now you get this much back. They then tell you how to spend it. Mm. And it's on projects that further their interests, nothing to do with what helps us. Right. It's a big propaganda machine. It's about sticking that little blue plaque with the um, gold stars on any historic building or you know, car park toilets or whatever they mm. can get their mitts on. It's not about saying what's going to create jobs because actually what the EU often does is give grants to big businesses to relocate manufacturing out of the big economies and move them to the smaller economies. We've seen decimation of the steel industry under EU competition regulation because we can't give it state aid. We've seen big manufacturing companies that are British household names taken over by Unilever and shipped off to Amsterdam, shipped off to Poland. That's what's led to a lot of jobs. Well, Land Rover moved uh, some of their plant production to Slovakia, didn't they, I think, just recently. And everyone, um, of course, says, oh, it's because of Brexit. Well, no, it's not, actually. It's It's because of the EU. It's because of the European (laughs) Union. We're going to take some calls, uh, Alexandra, with you coming up in a little while. But I'm going to ask you, first of all, about today's events because, obviously, the reason that everybody's got very, very excitable down here in uh, College Green at Westminster is because there is a sort of binary choice today, it seems. Um, How's the Brexit party viewing what Boris is doing right now? 
Oh, it's difficult to say because, look, Boris, Boris's messaging is all over the place. Let's be fair. One minute he's like, yeah, we're going to leave without a deal. We're preparing for no deal. Then he's like 100 million times against. We're not going to leave without a deal. Now he's saying, yeah, the withdrawal agreement, we're going to get it back through Parliament. Then he's like, it's vassalage. It's a terrible agreement. We're going to tear the whole thing up. Now we're just going to remove the backstop. I don't know. You know, he's, he's speaking to the entire audience. He must be doing it deliberately, sectors. presumably, oh, yeah, in order yeah, yeah, to yeah, just yeah. create it's confusion. Exactly. Because uh, when Alistair Campbell calls Dominic Cummings an evil genius, you have to wonder, you know, just what is going on in the world. You know, yeah. one evil genius to another. You know, I'd like to see them <laughs> fighting to the death of evil genius or something, you know. But but here we have um, a guy who's trying to leave the European Union, being stopped from leaving the European Union by Parliament. I don't see that necessarily changing unless there is a general election. Yeah, well, do you know what? I totally agree with you. I'm getting more and more fearful that we're just never going to be given Brexit, are yeah. we? The, the powers that well, want they don't it want to us fail. to have it. The people yeah. behind us don't exactly. want to Exactly, and they're the ones with the hands on the levers. Mm. So, you know, good for Boris, really trying as hard as he can and this whole idea that you know this is anti-democratic the prorogation of parliament this is the brexit endgame what we've seen is three years of people not delivering on one of the biggest democratic exercises in this nation's history across the uk online and on dab talk radio live from westminster uh, Matthew Wright will be coming live from this tent as well an hour from now. Katie Perry and John Mann join me. Uh, guys, fantastic to see you. Thank you very much indeed for coming. It's crazy here. It hasn't been this mad since even before Boris Johnson became Prime Minister. Katie, what is going on inside Downingstreet? Can you work out what, uh, as he's being called, the evil genius uh, Dominic Cummings is up to? Well, it's the biggest poker game they're ever going to play, right? And so Boris Johnson has come, come to the decision, which is... You know, it's, it's, they're going to go for broke because they saw Theresa May kind of tread through, you know, treacle yeah, in the last few years, trying, getting nowhere fast. They've decided that they're going to go for broke. They're going to threaten Tory MPs if you don't do what we say, despite the fact that many Tory MPs haven't done what they said, including Boris Johnson in the past. Mm. Um, some of those Tory MPs are freaking out today saying, hold on a minute, I'm the one that voted for Brexit. I voted for that three times and you're now threatening me with deselection in my seat. So the sad thing today is someone that's, for me, that's been involved in the Tory party for the last 20 years is that you know, it's pretty sad to see it kind of split in this way. Mm. And it's pretty sad to, you know, within your own party, the party has been quite a broad church over the last few years. You've had Remainers, you've had Leavers, you've had people that are quite religious, those Euro that haven't skeptics. got to you've had, you know, It's been a real mix. And I think that's the offer to the nation. And I'm quite worried about when you, when you narrow that offer. When you go into an election, you narrow that offer. You know, someone like me in the background would say that you win elections by keeping your vote solid and attracting new ones to your calls. And my worry would be, you just all you do is have that solid n number and after this election, because I think election is coming, Mike, mm. after that election, you don't really gain many more for all this effort. I would use, uh, John, an analogy of the media in a way. Like when you're producing newspapers and you're producing radio shows and television shows, if you go and ask everybody how they would like that show to be done, it's going to start getting a bit tricky because it's not unfair for me to say that people like listening to radio or watching television or reading newspapers because they like what's being produced for them. What's been happening in the last three years, it seems to me, uh, by people who want to stop Brexit, is they're making the people the excuse by saying, but nobody agrees, but nobody can see how this can work. Nobody wants to see a Brexit that they can agree on. And I've been saying to MPs this morning, Christine Jarlin among them, you guys are given... Um, you know, the privilege of representing people and it's for you to figure out how to make it work, isn't it? Well, I spent yesterday around my constituency speaking to a lot of people and they all use the same four words. Get on with it. Yes. Now, 
if you want to have a long debate about what it means, they'll have different views. But they have a general view. It is what they vote for in the referendum. Leaving. Leaving. And so just get on with it. And frankly, I don't, I've never thought that they, that the overwhelming majority of people care whether it's described by the uh, intelligentsia as soft Brexit, hard Brexit, you know, this Brexit, that Brexit. They want to leave the European Union. Um, and their perception of that is that we, we make our own laws and we control our own borders and we get on with life. That's what they want. And I, what's going to happen? That's always been inevitable. There's going to be a general election. Why? Because it's a minority. You can't survive doing anything with a minority. Um, and you can tinker on the edges. The minority might go up one or two, down one or two. But it's a minority. Therefore, Boris Johnson has to have an election. I think in his ideal world, it would have been next May when he could have, you know, had his spending plans and, you know, done good things, done non-Brexit things. And left things, the European said, Union. Left the EU, but gone yeah. and done other things. And demonstrated. I'm sure he'd like to demonstrate he's pro the NHS and, you know, he's going to boost the NHS, that kind of thing. And that people like, rightly, the voters want that kind of thing. Um, and not controversial for me, but that would give them the chance to actually have a, a coherent immigration policy. If it was coherent, that would be very popular, I think, as well. So he loses that bit, um, but that's the reality. And I think he's been planning for the last month on the basis that there would be an election. I think that election now is going to be on the 14th of October, and that's 90% certain. I think Jeremy Corbyn will come up with a reason for voting for it. Really? On Thursday. Not very strategic. That'll, though, be, that'll be interesting. I mean, it's not strategic for, by strategically, who? the Labour Party should say, no, we're not going to go for this because we want to know what kind of Brexit we're going to get before we go for an election. Well, not, not, in, <laughs> not in the north of England. I think if the Labour Party is seen to be blocking Brexit and voting to block Brexit, I mean, the, 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 the disadvantage the Labour Party has, unlike any other party in a general election, before the 31st of October is what is the Labour Party policy on Brexit? And everybody else is going to have a very clear policy. But the Labour Party's policy is going to be difficult to be clear and if it is clear it's going to lose a chunk of votes and probably a chunk of seats. So, I mean, if you stand in, in the general election in Bassett Law, which is a, a very much a Leave constituency, you have to presumably take the party line Whatever it is, do you? Because if the party line is to remain... That's not been a historic problem for me. OK, so you would stand as a Leave um, Labour MP, would you? Oh, oh I mean, I, 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 have, I did last time. I, you know, I, 70, for better or for worse, 70% of my voters in Barcelona voted to Leave. Mm. As it happens, even more of them were Labour voters and Tory voters, 91% in my strongest Labour ward. So you're talking pretty much everyone. Mm. So my view, and it's reinforced repeatedly by everyone I meet on the street, uh, is it, it is in line with theirs. But why would they? They're not extreme, but they think we should leave the European yeah, Union. Yeah, but why would they vote for you, notwithstanding your great charm and uh, you know longevity in the job? Why would they vote for you as a Labour candidate if Labour are saying we are the party of Remain? Well, anyone who votes Labour 
in my head, would be voting for me, not for Jeremy Corbyn. That's for certain in their eyes. Um, if I was a strong Remainer there, I'd have um, an interesting challenge. Mm. Um, because uh, that is not where the voters are. And it doesn't mean you won't win. Someone's going to win. Perhaps the Brexit party would save me uh, in that situation by splitting the vote. I think what, what a lot of Labour MPs are in, 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 in leave seats are hoping for is the Brexit party to do well enough and split that Brexit vote. Mm. And that could happen. People can win seats in this election with 30% of the vote, yep. and that's very unusual. And I don't mean one or two. I could see perhaps 50 seats where people win with 30% of the vote. Which that's that. I mean, it may have happened, but it hasn't happened since the war. Well, yeah, it was a massive downer for the Liberal Democrats because they could achieve many, many more votes than they've achieved in the past and yet still not cross the line. They could. So, so for them, they're looking at a really massive uphill struggle than, than ever before because it doesn't matter how many votes they get, it's how many seats they get in Parliament that makes all the difference. But going back to the Labour Party for a second, there's many Labour MPs that I speak to are saying to me, this is our moment. We've waited for three years. You're thinking, oh, they're saying that that's their moment to you know, win control of Parliament and run the country and get yeah. keys to number 10. No, 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 no. This is their moment to get rid of Jeremy Corbyn. He's got one last election in him. He won't do it. He won't get across the line. Boris Johnson is likely to win and therefore they can finally move on as a party and replace him with a decent leader. Is that, the, is that the, the thinking from one side? He can't say party? that, can he? Well, of course he can. John's an honest man. Well, yeah. He'll tell me. I've told Corbyn before. He should have stood down before now. should stand down today. Who would you have instead? Oh, whoever. <laughs> me. <laughs> me. I think I'd be a great leader. This is, this is the announcement. But, um, Do you campaign for John? But, but, but I, can I just point but, out, you are wearing Union Jack um, socks at the moment. Very snazzy. They very are snazzy. Too. Last time I saw anything like that was when Lord Adonis came into the tent. He was wearing Europe, Europe, EU socks. Well, is it now a sock-off? Um, I think it's some HS2 socks that he wears <laughs> occasionally as well, since that's another great one of his successes. But let's, I'm sorry I failed. Let's talk about, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm just wearing black socks. But what about the Tories in an election? Because they're suffering as well at the moment. Let's not forget they were wiped out in the European elections. They were wiped out in the local elections before that. And, you know, it ain't looking too good for them either. Well, Boris Johnson's view on that is that he's not going to make the same mistake again. So he's going to be very clear about what he offers. He's a retail offer. And that's why you see all these policies around the NHS and schools and, other, and police. And he's already given some order. money out. He's right? chucking money out of there like no tomorrow. It's brilliant in terms of if you, if, he's finding if it you were someone well. He might not like Philip Hammond, but Philip Hammond did do quite a good job of building up a war chest he's for him. It. No, he's, he's, he's borrowing it. And he's borrowing. It. So it's there's some austerity savings that they've taken away from the nation from austerity. And they've managed to, to save that. But he's also going to be borrowing quite a lot. So that's something that people need to decide whether or not they want to do uh, as a nation. But yes, I mean, he's, he's going to make sure he doesn't make the same mistakes again. He's also, he might not change the numbers in Parliament much. I don't think we're expecting a landslide or an overwhelming majority for whoever gets in there. He's going to change the look and the feel of his party because he's threatening those that don't, don't you know, toe his line, mm. that don't want that kind of no-deal scenario. He's threatening that with those with deselection and saying, you're not going to be part of my team in the future. And several of those already decided to take the jump and they're going to, they've decided to resign or say that they won't stand at the next election. So this period is doing it for him. It's kind of a cleansing moment for it him. It is, but that doesn't Whether or not I him. think that's a good idea. Well, that doesn't help him either tonight or tomorrow. John, what do you see happening? I mean, you're obviously someone that has broken um, ranks before and voted um, not the way that, say, the front bench of the Labour Party would have wanted you to inside there about Brexit. Are there enough Labour MPs that could vote against the Hillary Benn option uh, that could make Boris actually in a stronger position? Uh, no, I mean, this, 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 this Remain manoeuvre will pass mm. today. I think that's it, my, that's it's going to get 
it looks to me about 25 Tory votes. Um, and there are, if, if it was tight, there are some Labour MPs um, who'd say, right, well, I'm going to affect the result. But they're, they're not going to burn themselves no. in their local area if it's... Uh, that was probably Theresa May's deal. Yeah. More would have voted for the deal if they thought it would get through. When they saw it wasn't going to get through, they Why ran a mile. Why lose political capital on it? Um, right. Now, I, I vote because it's the right thing. And I still think it was a very good deal. And I'd vote for it again if it was brought forward tomorrow. That's the but, tragedy of all this, but I'm, I'm a, We look back and think, why didn't the hell did we not well, we go for that? Well, we didn't think that it was worth going for, a lot of people tell me, because it was not actually leaving well, the well, European Union. But, 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 but no. that's it, we're past that now, because it was beaten. Yeah. Uh, history might Well, judge, unless it gets resurrected, like some kind of zombie-style vote. It won't be resurrected and voted through. Um, we'll have an election in, I thought it would be November, but... Boris has been bounced. I think it's an easier election for Boris Johnson, ironically, in October, because I think it ties Farage's hands because he's going to make this. The Remainers have taken over Parliament. I'm, uh, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to sort it out. Vote for me if you voted Brexit. Fifty-two percent voted Brexit. Let's say it's fifty-fifty at the moment. Thirty-five um, percent will get him a majority at the moment so mathematically he's in a strong position mm. but at whether he's strong enough whether he's got the votes in the areas he needs them I'm not certain mm. if, if if I was having a bet my bet would be two elections one in October one next May um, you know if I wanted to make some money and if Jeremy Corbyn well, so the first one time, no, no sort of respectable majority of any kind probably well, well, I, 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 I can't see how the Tories will not lose some seats to the Liberals but you can lose some in Scotland, right? And lose some in Scotland. Now, is that going to be five they lose, or is it going to be 25? I, I have no idea. And no one, it'd be guesswork. Mm. I think, though, the likelihood is that they will lose a few. Um, they might lose one or two in London, possible. Um, but that depends on the Liberals. The Liberals might actually save them. You know, the Liberals take X number of votes off Labour in, say, Ian Duncan Smith's seat. Um, then. Labour actually doesn't get what it needs, even if Ian's vote comes down a bit. So there's going to a lot of there'll be some shock results just on the maths that suggests possibly Boris getting a majority, possibly more likely a hung parliament, and if it goes badly wrong, still a hung parliament. Jeremy is the the largest party. Um, well, that that'll be another election pretty soon as well, possibly before before me so I think two elections likely but I think Labour will find an excuse on Thursday to vote for an election possibly having changed the law and then presumably another another extension and what about the Tory position on the selection of candidates because Philip Hammond who's been making an awful lot of anti-Boris noise lately was re-selected by his own constituents right what does that leave the Tory party able to do because surely they can't override the constituency party and say, well, you've selected Philip Hammond, you're wrong, uh, we're going to fire him and put somebody else in. And I've never seen Philip Hammond, a former Chancellor, so angry as mm. he was this morning, saying, I've been a member of the Conservative Party for 45 years, I've been a representative, an MP for Runnymede for 22 years, and I don't get bullied and I'm not getting you know, pushed out by these unelected people inside number 10, because his viewpoint this morning was some of these people aren't even Conservative Party members mm. and they're forcing them out. So Boris Johnson's argument will be, I have to have the party I need in the 
shape that I need and the viewpoint I need in order to get this through carrying forward. I, I think it's I think it's difficult. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily wrong, but what I'm really worried about is the future of the Conservative Party and what it offers to a wide range mm. of people. I think you only win from the centre, and you only win when you, you bring that's, other people across. But, but, but yeah, that's 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 a problem over the next six months if there's another election. In this election, I would strongly strongly put money on Philip Hammond standing as a Conservative. Uh, you know, he's getting, if you look at who's retiring, Justin Greening, uh, Richard Harrington, Gutto, Bear, Oliver Letwin, um, I suspect Dominic Grieve, Ken Clark's already announced, I suspect Dominic Grieve is the kind of the only um, big name who's been out there as a, you know, fanatical in, in what he's been doing, who he'd be keen to see. The rest, actually, in the heat of election, they'll be allowed to stand. I think that's I think that's a kind of a game of double bluff going on there. But, and also, if you're Philip Hammond, you've got a point of view which is, at the moment, Boris Johnson is saying, it's us, the Conservative Party, people are on our side versus Parliament, mm. the parliamentarians. And telling constituencies what to do is never a good idea, well, as I've experienced in the no. past, because they don't like it. They don't like to be told what to do. They don't like to be told what candidate to either, have. I don't by the way. <laughs> you never guess. No. And uh, they don't like it. So I think they've got to tread carefully over the next yeah. few weeks, making sure they don't fall out with the very people that go and deliver leaflets for them. No, because if you keep cutting off the bits of uh, land that you stand on, suddenly you're only standing on a very, very small bit of land, and everybody else is shooting at you. But uh, anyway, we'll come back to more of that. We'll take more of your calls as well. Katie Perry is here. John Mann, thank you very much indeed. I'm sure uh, you've got parliamentary business to be getting on with so uh, thank you very much for popping in we'll see you again i'm sure uh, coming up very shortly the fallout the fury the future let's get political order talk radio live from westminster Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We are back in the uh, tented village of uh, Westminster, of course, down on College Green. It's a little bit noisy down here. Apologies to any of you uh, who are objecting to hearing the noise in the background. I can't stop it, I'm afraid. Uh, the police were supposed to do something about it, uh, but it's still going on. So we can only hope that they will try and limit it to some extent. I know it's annoying. Uh, but hey, this is democracy. And unfortunately, there are some things that happen in democracies that you don't agree with and you don't like. John Whittingdale's here with me, Tory MP from Malden. John, welcome back uh, to the tent. Thank you very much for Thank joining you. us. Um, um, interesting times, yet again. Here we are discussing the most historic day in British politics since the last most historic day in British <laughs> politics. Um, what's your view? Do you think that Boris is going to lose tonight, as everybody else I've spoken to this morning does? And if so, um, presumably he's prepared for that. Well, I'm listening to my colleagues who take a different view, who don't want to allow the government to proceed to leave on the 31st of October without a deal, if that is necessary, then it looks as if they are likely to have a majority and the government will lose. But we'll wait and see. Yes. And if they do, um, tomorrow is more important in a way, isn't it? Because that is when the proper vote takes place on this Hillary Benn scenario, which may mean that Boris Johnson is given instructions effectively from the Houses of Parliament behind us to go back to Europe uh, and either get a better deal uh, or in some way get them to grant us an extension. It's a kind of bizarre twist, isn't it? Well, there is a possibility of the Hillary Benn Oliver Letwin bill. We're also being told that the Prime Minister may well request uh, a general election tomorrow uh, because he will say, look, um, I am determined that we should leave on 31st of October. If Parliament is not willing to accept that, I have no alternative but to put the case to the people. Uh, and I think that is probably right. I mean, I think... You don't see that as an empty threat? In no, not at all. Um, 
Boris Johnson was elected on a central commitment that we would leave come what may on the 31st of October. He still thinks that it is possible to get a deal. I listened to him last night. I think he genuinely thinks uh, that is possible, but he also argues strongly that by cutting off the option of no deal, it makes it much less likely that we can get a good deal. And whatever happens, we have to leave on the 31st of October. And if Parliament tries to stop that and passes legislation against that, then I don't see that Boris Johnson can possibly uh, just sit back and accept that. He would have to say, well, I am, I remain committed, and if you will not support me, then I will put my case to the people. And what's the position within the party itself if, in fact, several Tory MPs rebel uh, against the, the, the whip tonight uh, and they vote against the government effectively uh, in this sort of order paper vote? Um, does he then have them deselected? Because clearly he puts himself in quite a difficult position, given what I was saying to Katie earlier, Philip Hammond has now been obviously reselected by his own constituents. Yes, but it is the case that, it has always been the case, that a Conservative Party candidate has to be approved by the party. And for a sitting Conservative MP, they have to be in receipt of the whip. And if the whip is withdrawn from them, then they are not able to stand as Conservative candidates. That has always been the case. Uh, and indeed, John Major uh, used a vote of confidence to force Maastricht through. Mm. It was a long time ago, but actually I was, I was there. And having previously opposed Maastricht, I voted for it in the vote of confidence precisely because I did not want to risk the possibility of a... Labour government being elected. So that is a consideration which I hope my colleagues will think strongly about this evening. Well, perhaps Philip Hammond won't, though, because he doesn't certainly doesn't show any signs of, uh, of being anything but utterly opposed to everything Boris Johnson does. It doesn't even seem to be based around the policy, perhaps. Well, I mean, I think, well, Philip Hammond, I think Philip Hammond has shown that he is completely opposed to uh, Britain leaving without a deal, despite the fact that when he was Chancellor, he was making announcements in his budget saying, I've set aside all this money uh, to prepare yeah. for the possibility of a no deal. But we, what we now know is that the money never got spent because he blocked it. Mm. Uh, and so, I mean, I think part of the reason that we are perhaps not as well prepared for a no deal exit as we might have been is because Philip Hammond and others were blocking it. But yeah. that is and now they also folded up the no-deal tent, didn't they, and mm. said, well, we're not going to prepare anymore, because obviously that's been voted down in Parliament before, which is very confusing for an awful lot of people who say, well, hang on, how can we keep having these votes? Some of them are indicative, mm. some of them are binding, some of them are instructive, some of them are sort of, you know, revealing, some of them are mandatory. It's very hard for people to grasp what is going on other than to say there's an awful lot of duplicity around and nothing's really happening. It is very hard. And the other... Um, result of that, which is very damaging, was the message it sent to Brussels. Because, I, I mean, I have been to meet Michel Barnier on several occasions. There is no doubt that the Commission studies what happens mm. in Parliament very closely. One of the reasons why we didn't get any movement under Theresa May was because they never thought that she was willing to leave without a deal. Uh, I think she'd made it pretty clear that she wouldn't. Mm. And now, the reason that it is still proving very difficult to get any movement is because they believe Parliament will prevent Boris Johnson from leaving without a deal. Um, so every time that we have one of these votes, and Boris Johnson made this very plain to us yesterday, he said, well, I still believe we can get a deal, but our negotiating position is severely weakened if Parliament insists on trying to prevent any possibility of leaving without a deal. Right. And so as far as you're concerned, 
do the Conservative Party win a general election under the current circumstances, or if it's done before we leave the European Union, is the Brexit Party a much more important factor than it would otherwise be? Well, look, if, if there is a general election, and we'll have to wait and see, but if it does happen and there's talk of it uh, taking place on the 14th of October, that's obviously two weeks before we're due to leave. Mm. It would be for the new government to decide. Obviously, if it were a Conservative government, I have no doubt that we would proceed to leave on the 31st of October. Um, with an attempt, even in that last two weeks, perhaps to get an agreement, but we would make it clear we would be leaving. If a different government was elected, then I assume the chances are they would probably extend, apply for an extension. We'd be stuck in the European Union. Mm. It's a fascinating day. It'll be a fascinating night. John, thank you very much indeed. John Whittingdale, uh, Tory MP for Malden. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. So if you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.